Design Pickle is a big supporter of everything on Seminary. If you haven't heard, they are a flat rate, unlimited use graphic design service helping churches across the nation. We're a proud client of theirs and love how they help us make social media graphics and those downloadable PDF article summaries that we've been sending out. Even if you have a designer, you need to check them out. To learn more, visit designpickle.com forward slash churches. On that same page, you can watch a totally free 30 minute video of me and the founder of Design Pickle talking about modern church marketing and of course pickles welcome to the unseminary podcast are you looking for practical ministry help to drive your ministry further faster have a sinking feeling that your ministry training didn't prepare you for the real world hey you're not alone join thousands of others in pursuit of stuff that we wish they had taught in seminary buckle up and let's get started with this week's unseminary podcast well, hey, everybody. Welcome to the Unseminary Podcast. My name's Rich. I'm so glad that you've decided to spend some time with us. I know as you're heading into this weekend, you've got a lot going on at your church, and it's really our honor that you would take some time out uh, to listen into today's conversation, and you are in for a treat. We are super excited to have John Cox with us from Watermark Church. This is a fantastic church. If you're not following Watermark, you really should be. They're in Dallas, Fort Worth. I think they're averaging 13, 14,000 people on a weekend. Uh, they have three different campuses. It's really a great church. Uh, welcome to the show, John. Well, it's glad to be here. Thanks for having me on, Rich. Why don't you give us, for people who don't know, give us a sense of Watermark, kind of what would people experience in your ministry? Yeah, well, Watermark is a, a young church. It's about 15 years old. Mm -hmm. And the real focus is is trying to reach people who have either been turned off by church or they're, you know, uh, really walked away mm -hmm. and um, inviting them back mm -hmm. to experience what it means to have a relationship with Jesus. And so we started about 15 years ago. Mm -hmm. And over time, it has just grown and grown. Mm -hmm. And so, um, you know, one of our big challenges has been obviously how do we accommodate that growth mm -hmm. why don't you give us a sense of what you were talking a little bit earlier about kind of obviously what happens on the weekends but then you also do a series of ministries during the week as well that might be interesting for people to hear a little bit about yeah so what we would say is you know watermark is not primarily a sunday centric church mm. right it's it's really a church where a lot of people their first contact is during the week and so they're through what we would just call side doors mm. and essentially what that is is someone will have a felt need um, and they might th not think about going to church as a first step, mm -hmm. but they want to deal with the felt need. So, for example, on Monday nights, you know, we've got a big recovery ministry. Mm -hmm. you know, so there's a lot of people in our community who are saying, hey, life is not working for me. I'm mm -hmm. stuck. Mm -hmm. And um, and I want to deal with that. You know, and tangentially, you know, church may or may not be a felt need for them. Right. Or on Tuesday nights, we've got a large young adult ministry. Okay. And so someone who's moving to Dallas m might think to themselves, okay, you know, I have a felt need to meet people. Mm -hmm. Or, you know, I want to get plugged in and I want to build relationships. And so mm -hmm. a lot of people will end up here. Mm -hmm. And in both of those ministries, what's interesting is only about half of the people that come are watermark people. Uh, and so the other half you know, are largely disconnected from churches. Huh. And so um, that's the great thing. It's really been the side door to experience, our, you know, our church. And then from there, that's a point where they start growing. Yeah. The, you know, last one. Oh, go ahead. No, I was going to say, you know, a lot of people wake up in the middle of the night worrying about those types of issues. They often don't wake up worrying about what we're talking about on the weekend. <laughs> and so I love that idea of a side door. What was the, what was the other night of the week? Well, the other one was, as you say, is our marriage ministry. Mm -hmm. You know, so several years ago, uh, we were in a position where we were just getting tired playing defense 
mm. on marriage. Mm. You know, where we when they would get to us, they were already in, in, in big trouble. Big problems. And so, you know, we started a ministry. It's just called Reengage. Mm-hmm. And it's designed, you know, wherever your marriage is, is to help make it better. Mm. And so what happens a lot in our community, as you well know, is, is you know, people's marriages aren't what they hoped they would be. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so um, that will be their first point of contact. Usually it's the wife, mm-hmm. you know, who's raising her hand <laughs> saying, this is not working. Hey, we need to do something here. Yes, we do. And so um, they'll show up at Watermark to focus on their marriage. Huh. And then that's another entry point. Now, that's interesting. That's fascinating that, you know, you're about 50% of the people that are engaging midweek are, you know, actually Watermark people that show up on the weekend. Um, is that has that been pretty consistent over the last couple of years? That's an interesting, you know, pattern. Yeah, there. It's been very consistent. And what's interesting, you know, is, is obviously in Dallas, you know, we're kind of at the heart of the Bible Belt. Right. And, um, and so what happens is a lot of people, uh, not many people think of themselves as unbelievers. Right. And so, um, you know, that doesn't mean that they're, you know, engaging in their faith or they're growing in their faith, but they've got some background that says, hey, this is not a foreign experience for me. Mm. And so there's an openness um, to, to show up at a church to say, you know, I need to make my marriage better. And so that what's, that's what draws them in. Mm. And, you know, then what happens, obviously, is with a larger church, sometimes, you know, people are at, that are at smaller churches mm-hmm. don't have these ministries. Right. Okay. And so they're able to come as well. Very cool. Well, that obviously takes a lot of leaders to pull all that together. You know, I, I really commend your church for really stepping out, you know, and serving from a, um, you know, felt needs point of view. And then obviously just everything that it takes to make the weekend work in a church like yours. How are you developing leaders at, and that's obviously not a simple question at Watermark, but let me dub in, dub, dub, jump into some of the things that you've learned uh, over the years. Yeah. Well, and what I'll tell you, that's been one of our biggest problems. Right. And so, you know, what we would say is, is when it comes to anything, you know, there's no perfect model, Mm -hmm. but you get to choose your problems. (laughs) And so, you know, the problem that we're choosing is, is, okay, how are we developing new leaders kind of on the go who can, we can throw into the water and teach them how to lead as they're going. Mm -hmm. And what we've really found is, is that you can probably segment the leaders that are coming into your church, right? Mm -hmm. So the top 20%, they're naturally gifted. Right. And they're going to figure it out on their own. Right. Right. So with experience, uh, you know, they've got gifts in leadership and shepherding and and they just figure it out. Mm-hmm. But there's another big chunk of people, you know, let's say the middle 60 percent mm. who want to be good leaders. They're not going to figure it out on their own. Mm-hmm. So it's a process of coming alongside of them and saying, hey, here are some footholds, mm-hmm. you know, that that will help you to become a better leader. Mm. And so, you know, with coaching, that's the targeted group where if you can help those people to become leaders, now you've got enough leaders for your church. Absolutely. Now, on the gifted ones, it's not going to work for you. No, absolutely. I think I've said this to so many church leaders. So many times church leaders are, our churches are led by early adopters. And so they just, they, they think everyone is like them. They think everyone is just like a go get it. Let's jump out there and make things happen. The reality of it is that's just a small percentage of the leaders in your church, you know, trying to really connect with, like you say, that middle 60% um, is obviously, you know, really where the game is at to try to get both enough and then also grow them. So what are you doing uh, to kind of, uh, you know, what are you kind of working towards? What are the tactics you're using to kind of attract and then interact with that, you know, that middle 60%? Well, the first thing that we do is is we obviously give people opportunities to lead, right? right? So we're, we're not afraid to take chances mm. to put people who might not be mature in their faith into leadership positions. Uh, okay. And, and what we realize is when you do that, people all of a sudden go, oh my goodness, I'm in over my head, right? right? And then that makes them thirsty. Now they're, now they're teachable. Right. And so then what we try and do is focus on, hey, what are three or four key things that if they focus on, will mm-hmm. be catalytic in terms of the development of their leadership. Mm. 
And so it's trying to give them a framework mm -hmm. that they can apply. And it's got to be simple, but it's got to be simple on the other side of complexity. Absolutely. And so, hey, tell us what some of those things would be. What would be, you know, kind of those three or four kind of pieces that you would try to work on? Well, what we would say is it all starts with leading yourself. Okay. And so if you can't lead yourself well, you're not going to be able to lead anybody else well. Mm -hmm. And that's the hardest thing for us to do in ministry. That's the hardest thing for me to do. If I can yes. lead myself, <laughs> right, then I'm 50% of the way there. Yes. And so what we just essentially say is, is look, we think there are three keys to leading yourself well. Okay. The first is is walking with Jesus. Mm -hmm. And you know that's just John 15, 5. You mm -hmm. can't do anything apart from Jesus. Mm -hmm. But we've got a lot of people who think they can be ministry leaders without walking with Jesus. <laughs> right, you right, know? yes. And so that's the start. Mm -hmm. and, and really coming along and saying, look, um, if you're with someone for any extended period of time, what you say doesn't matter, mm -hmm. right? It's how you live. Mm -hmm. And so the people that have had the biggest influence on me I can, you know, not really remember much of what they said, but I can tell you dozens of stories of how they lived mm. that, have, that have impacted me. Mm, that's powerful. That's so, powerful. So that's the first thing. Mm -hmm. The second thing is, is they've really got to understand what their gifts are mm -hmm. and then use their gifts. Mm -hmm. you know? And so one of the things that we've discovered is, is that the hardest people to work with in ministry are the ones that are deceived about what their gifts are. Oh, okay. Yeah, and, that's good. Um, you know, and look, that, that was me. Yeah. And so, you know, a long time ago when I was starting a church, mm -hmm. um, I thought I was a great communicator. <laughs> and um, and so what happened, though, was, is, you know, once you start speaking every Sunday, you quickly realize that it's not enough to be a communicator. You've got to be creative. Right. Because if you're not creative, um, that sucks up so much energy. Yes. You know, and so you've told all your best stories and all of your good insights into the scriptures, and now you're in trouble. Right. And that's what happened to me. Yes. And so, um, you know, it's, it's a discovery process. Mm. And I think that steps back and saying, okay, what am I good at? Mm -hmm. And then second, you know, now let me go to my friends around me who will speak truth to me and, and get feedback and confirmation about that. Mm -hmm. And then once I identify those things, then working on them. The thing I like you're talking about there is I think so many times in this step, we just say, here's a test, take this online test, take this thing. Obviously, that might be a part of your process, but you're also trying to talk about other people. What do other people say? You know, really the body, you know, speaking into what people's gifts are. Help us understand how you help people discover their gifts. Yeah. So um, largely it's by observation, right? Mm -hmm. So that's really the essence of coaching is, is, you know, when I'm looking at someone trying to say, where are they adding value for us? Mm -hmm. You know, um, where are they exceptional? And so what I would say, you know, on a scale of one to 10, where 10 is someone who's terrific at something mm -hmm. and someone who is a one and they're terrible at it, mm -hmm. it's easy to spot the ones and twos, mm -hmm. right? People mm -hmm. that are just not gifted at all. Mm -hmm. It's easy to spot the people that are nines and tens, mm -hmm. okay? Where you can wrap yourself around the axle is is someone a four, a five, or a six right. in an area. Okay? Right. That's yes. where you get stuck. And so I think the essence of coaching is saying, you know, not where they are four, five, or six and can I move them up, but it, but it's where can they be a nine or a ten? Mm. That's the question we really want to ask. Mm -hmm. And so that is a discovery process. Mm -hmm. A lot of times it's trial and error. It takes time, right. but it's a commitment to walk in with someone over a period, which is saying, hey, I see this in you. I think you can be really good at it. Now, how are you? How are you scaling that? Obviously, you have a lot of people in your in your yep. ministry. How are you able to scale that observation process? That sounds like a great ideal. Yeah. Um, but how do you, how are you doing that on such a mass scale? So what we're doing is we're teaching our leaders to ask three questions. Okay. Right? The first question is obviously is this, okay, what is this person doing that they should keep doing? Mm -hmm. Right. So this is focused on behaviors, mm -hmm. but it's this is where I see where they're adding value. Mm -hmm. 
this is where I see where they're contributing to the team, mm -hmm. and this is where they should really lock down. So the first question, right, is, is what do I want to reinforce or affirm? Mm. And I, I want that behavior repeated. Mm -hmm. right? The second question um, is the antithesis of that, right, which is what are they doing that they need to stop doing? <laughs> right? What's getting in their way? So let me give you an example. You know, Several years ago, we had a guy working for me who was as good at what he did mm -hmm. as anybody I know. Mm -hmm. right? He was outstanding, mm -hmm. but he had this one trait that was hurting his leadership. Mm. And that is, you know, when something went wrong, mm -hmm. he lost his marbles. Okay. And, yep. um, you know, and so I, you know, in our language, we'd say he was a stress amplifier. Mm, that's good. And so he would start blaming people and he would start being critical. And the end result was people didn't want to work with him. Mm, okay. And so the essence of coaching someone there is, is saying, hey, you know what? Uh, here's everything that you're good at. Keep doing these things. Now, here's this one thing that you got to stop because right. it's hurting your leadership. Right. And so, you know, it's it's just like discipleship where mm -hmm. you say, hey, there are some things that you do that will help you grow in your relationship with God. Mm -hmm. And there are also obstacles mm -hmm. that can potentially sink you. That mm -hmm. you right. So it's what should they keep doing? Mm -hmm. What should they stop doing? The last question we're trying to teach them to ask is, is what is the person not doing that if they started to do would make the biggest difference in their performance? Mm, very good. And so if we can just identify one thing to make them better. Mm -hmm. We find is is those three questions are simple right they're memorable and we can teach our people to apply them so mm -hmm. what I want them to do is, is every time they're in an interaction with a leader mm -hmm. be thinking about those three things right which is okay what do I see this person doing that I want them to keep doing right what do I see them doing that I want them to stop doing right and then correspondingly what are they not doing what one thing that if they started doing would make the biggest difference in their leadership very cool. That's great. That's great. Um, what's next? What what kind of what's the next the, the third piece of this puzzle as you're yeah. You know, so working the third piece of this yourself? puzzle, right, is is I think you know what we would say is is when it comes to giftedness, mm -hmm. you want to focus on your strengths. Okay? okay. When it comes to character, you want to focus on your weaknesses. Mm, okay. And so what we see in leadership is that people have potential fatal flaws. Mm. These are the things about them. Um, that God needs to refine, to hone. But if they get into trouble, this is the most likely reason why they're going to end up in a ditch. Okay. Yep. And so we want to come alongside of people and say, look, if you're going to disqualify yourself, mm. if you're going to discredit yourself, what is the most likely reason? And then what's your plan for dealing with that? Hmm. Right? So let me give you a good example. Yeah, right? exactly. I've got five kids, mm -hmm. right? And so one of the issues I have in my house is dealing with anger. Okay. Right? And my typical pattern is, I'm calm, I'm calm, I'm calm, I've had it. Right? And, <laughs> right. um, we can identify so, with that, yes. You know, so, so several years ago, my wife's family lives in Tennessee, which is about 700 miles away. Yep. And um, so we load up our family of seven in our little minivan, and we start the trip back to Tennessee. <laughs> and in the far back, two of my kids are getting into it. Mm. And, um, you know, and I could just feel my blood pressure starting to go up. Mm. And so, uh, you know, I'm threatening them, I'm cajoling them, I'm thinking about bribing them, mm. and it's not working. And this is about 10 minutes into the trip, right? And I'm like, <laughs> I'm not going to make it. Right, yes. And so I think to myself, okay, what am I going to do, right? And so one thing I can do is I can stop the car and get out and deal with it, right? Mm -hmm. But I'm a typical guy. I am not stopping the car, right? I'm pulling <laughs> to Tennessee. Right. Um, and so then I think, well, what can I throw back there to get their attention? <laughs> And so I look down, right, and I see this full water bottle right next to me. Oh, no. And I'm like, okay, that might hurt, right? right. But then I see a tissue box. Right. And so, you know, I've got one hand on the wheel, and I just launch it back at the one child who was the genesis of all of this content. 
<laughs> oh, no. And, um, and I miss her, but I hit her sister, uh -oh. right, who breaks out hysterically crying. Yes. And, um, and you know, me and all my maturity, I'm thinking, well, good. <laughs> At least she has something to be upset about now, right? Oh, no. Oh, and, yes. um, and so I'm still driving the car, and it's like 1001, 1002, 1003, and the tissue box comes flying back oh, up. Oh, no. Right? Hits the dashboard, right? <laughs> and my first thought is, just, okay, who wants a part of me? Yes. Um, but, but then I thought to myself, oh, my goodness, what am I teaching my kids about yes. how to deal with anger? Right, right. You know? Right. And so, Rich, the issue that I've got being a father, the mm -hmm. thing that can sink me mm -hmm. is, is if my kids grow up thinking they had an angry dad, mm -hmm. so you know? True. So true. And um, so at, at home, that is my Achilles heel. Mm -hmm. That is my potential fatal flaw. Mm -hmm. And if I don't have a plan to deal with that, then I'm in big trouble, mm. right? So like my plan is I've got an accountability group of guys mm -hmm. who just about every week will say to me, hey, when's the last time that you raised your voice with one of your kids? Right. And so that helps, you know, scripture memory helps in that. Mm -hmm. So hopefully God is transforming me. Hmm. But um, I think identifying that issue is a big part mm -hmm. because if you don't identify it and if you don't have a plan in place, it's gonna catch you unaware. Absolutely. And, wow. you know, and as you know, there we could talk about dozens of biblical leaders mm -hmm. who were sunk by their fatal flaw. Absolutely. And, well, um, well, and I love that you're even just raising that. You're having your leaders raise that with people because I think it's those kind of crucial conversations that it's easy to steer away from, right? It's easy to say, hey, you know, I don't want to ask you about this because a lot of times I know, at least in, in, in my life, I feel like other people see my flaws a lot easier than I do. <laughs> Right? Yeah. Like, you yeah. know, other people who trust me and I trust them, um, you know, they see it, you know, more clearly than I do. And is Are you providing a forum for those conversations? Or are you kind of saying, hey, this should be a regular part of your pattern with the people you're leading? What does that look like? Yes, and that's exactly right. I mean, I think, again, what we've got to do is people can't do 50 things, but right. they can do three or four things. Right. And so if I'm training my leaders to, you know, saying, okay, are the people underneath you are they walking with Jesus? Mm -hmm. Okay. What are they gifts? Their gifts, and are they doubling down on their gifts? Mm -hmm. And then correspondingly, what are their potential fatal flaws, mm -hmm. and how are they dealing with them? So you know, so one of the questions we'll often ask is, we'll just go around the, the circle in my community group, and we'll mm -hmm. say, hey, uh, here's where I think you're excelling. Mm -hmm. Here's where I think your potential fatal flaws are, mm -hmm. and um, you know, here's how I see you dealing well with that now or not. Mm. But it's a part of that dialogue, mm -hmm. you know, and uh, and I don't know about you, but I grew up in a family where you projected strengths and you hid weaknesses. That's so true. And so the whole idea that you would talk about what you're not good at, mm -hmm. um, you know, which is not a good thing. Now, yes. my wife was the opposite. Okay. Right. And so early in our marriage, we would be out at dinner with another couple and she would be telling a story which cast us in an, you know, like a less than favorable light. And I <laughs> kicking her under the table. <laughs> I can't believe you're sharing that, right? But I think that um, understanding that that is a process that God uses to create growth in us mm -hmm. and then coming to grips with my own imperfections, mm -hmm. um, that's something that we've got to transfer so that people are comfortable um, talking about those things. Absolutely. Well, this has been uh, this has been incredible. Lots of great value here. Good kind of tools. The thing I, I don't want people, church leaders to miss is I think a, the beauty of what you're doing here is you are trying to get it down to the irreducible, you know, the smallest piece possible, and really trying to push that out to folks and saying, let's actually have these conversations. Right? Let's we've got a hundred conversations we could have. These are the three we're going to talk about. Let's focus on these things, which I think is a you know huge value for folks that may be listening in uh, today on the on the podcast. Um, anything else you'd like to share before? We 
we move on to the rest, there's a lot we could cover in this whole area, but anything else you'd like to share before we pivot and, and move on with the rest of the episode? Yeah, I think there's just a couple of things. You yes. know, one thing I would say is, is you know you're communicating something well mm -hmm. when people begin to mock you. Okay? <laughs> That's so true. So, if, if people are not mocking you, you have not talked about it enough. This is so true. You know, and so I think one of the keys with these three principles or any principles, right, is, is, is you'll, I'll feel like I've said it once and everyone gets it. Right. But what I really need to realize is unless I'm reinforcing that at every turn, um, then I'm not doing it enough. Once I'm being mocked, mm. now I can feel confident mm -hmm. that people are getting the message. That's so true. You know, I know sometimes as leaders, as we're formulating these, that it's been baking in our minds for a long time. And so by the time we actually say, okay, let's roll this out, whether it's a change initiative or whether it's, you know, this sort of conversations, we've lived with it for a long time. Our people, the first time we talk about it is literally the first time they're even thinking about it. And so yeah. we've got to repeat it time in, time out. Anything else you want to share before we, before yeah, you know, the other thing I think I would say is, is look, a lot of this is creating a culture mm -hmm. where this becomes normal. Mm -hmm. And so I think a lot of times when church leaders run into problems, their first thought is, is what's a program to solve this problem? Mm -hmm. Right. Mm -hmm. And I think average leaders think the program first. Yep. Good leaders think what's the value mm -hmm. first. And so, uh, you know, just a quick example is, is if I'm struggling with evangelism at, at Watermark, mm -hmm. right? an average leader would say, what's an evangelism uh, program that I yes. can teach my people so they're sharing, right? right? I think at Watermark, we would say, no, 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 you have a values problem. Mm. And the value is, is that people are not grasping at a heart level that their next door neighbor who doesn't know Jesus is not going to, it's going to end up separated from him forever. Mm -hmm. And that once they have the value, then it's much easier to create the behavior. And so in this leadership, you know, whether it's dealing with your fatal flaws and saying, look, we have a value of authenticity. Mm. And we as leaders are going to model our weak points so that people understand that's accepted, normal, and okay. Mm -hmm. And so, uh, you know, the behavior that the leader shows is what's going to get repeated in the, in the people. And so you got to model it. This is the Unseminary Podcast. Stuff you wish they taught in seminary. We're going to jump into the lightning round, that part of the episode where we ask similar questions of everybody that's on the, the episode today. Uh, we've been super privileged, honored to have John Cox with us from Watermark Church. It's a great uh, conversation. I'm just so glad you've been with us today. Uh, John, what's an online resource that you've been using these days that's been helping you in your ministry? Yeah, you know, the, so the couple that I would say, one that people might not be aware of is something called SaneBox. Mm. And SaneBox is just an online tool that sorts through your email mm -hmm. and helps you to prioritize, okay, this is the email that I need to get to. Yes. And then there's a whole other set of email that is, <laughs> you know, stuff that can wait for later. Yes. And, um, and what has really helped me, you know, email can consume me. Yes. And so... Uh, getting someone to get it sorted out before it hits me has mm. been really helpful. Absolutely. And, you know, so many church leaders, I think we've mistaken that we think our job is actually to answer email. <laughs> and it's not. It's so much more than that. Uh, what's a book you've read in the last six months that's shaping your your thinking in ministry? You know, uh, I probably there's two. Mm -hmm. There's um, one book called What to Ask the Person in the Mirror. Okay. Um, that's a book by a guy named Robert Kaplan, mm -hmm. who was the vice chairman at Goldman Sachs. Okay. And now is a teacher at Harvard Business School. Mm -hmm. And essentially it's a book that's about self-development and leadership. And what he says is, look, early in your career, you get lots of guidance, coaching, um, but as you progress in your career, you mm -hmm. have more and more autonomy. Mm -hmm. And so what happens is guys make mistakes 
and they end up off the path, but there's no one there to help them correct. Mm. And so uh, oftentimes, good. by the time they realize it, it's too late. Right. And so he's developed a whole set of questions, which says, here are questions that a leader should ask mm. to help get themselves back on track. And Very Rich, cool. you know what I, the thing I find with ministers is there's so much autonomy in our jobs. Yes. That if we are not leading ourselves well in that area, mm -hmm. we're in big trouble. Absolutely. And so that's a good book. Yep. The other one that people might be interested in that I just finished last night is a book called Extreme Leadership. Oh, okay. And it's written by a couple of Navy SEAL guys oh, talking about here's how the principles we learned in terms of team building and leading can apply in a business context. And that, that's a terrific book. You know, just one of the things I've taken away is, is he says, you know, leaders get what they tolerate. Mm. And so when you see behavior um, and, you know, if you tolerate that, that's going to get repeated in your culture. Oh, wow. That's good. And so, you know, I'm learning that at home now, you know, especially <laughs> with my oldest who's 15. Yes. Um, okay. What is the behavior that I'm tolerating? Yes. Versus where am I drawing the line? Very cool. Great. What's another ministry you're looking to these days that's inspiring you? You know, the, probably the one that uh, most inspires me right now is IJM, which is mm. International Justice. Oh, fantastic. Great people. And, um, you know, what I love about them is, is they're taking the skills that God's given them mm -hmm. and they're applying them in such a way to advance the kingdom. But mm -hmm. it's, it's prayer focused. Um, they understand that um, they're doing everything they can to work at it from the bottom up, mm. you know, mm -hmm. and, uh, and it's, a, it's a long haul in mm -hmm. many of these places. Mm -hmm. um, very, very dark situations. And they are shining light mm -hmm. um, into very dark places. And I just love the courageousness and, mm -hmm. and their whole approach. Absolutely. That's great. If you could get 15 minutes with any leader alive, who would you want to get that with and why? Oh, my. That's a, that, those are good questions. <laughs> yeah. um, I think uh, there's probably a couple of leaders that stand out for me yes. that, who are just guys who've had a big influence on my thinking uh -huh. over the years. Yes. Right. And so, you know, one of those guys would be Bill Hybels right. out of Willow Creek in Chicago. Yes. Um, he is a very clear thinker yep. and has just always been very helpful um, in terms of you know helping me with my leadership experience. Mm -hmm. So I can learn some lessons the easy way from him. Yes. Um, and I don't have to learn the hard way. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and you know, another one probably is Jim Collins, oh, who is yeah, a great. very similar person in the business world. Yes. Right? He's very insightful, very thoughtful, mm -hmm. but is able to to boil things down where it's saying, if you were leading an organization, mm -hmm. right? Here are a half dozen things mm -hmm. that really make a difference. And Absolutely. so, you know, his book, Good to Great in the Social Sectors, is terrific for church leaders. Absolutely. Fantastic. Both great leaders, definitely. Well, I'm sure leading at Watermark is is fairly consuming and you've given us a little bit of insight into your personal life. But what do you do today? You know, just kind of relax and, and kick back when you're, you know, not busy, busy, busy at the church. Yeah. Well, you know, I, I mentioned earlier that I've got five kids. Yeah, that keeps and you. So, that keeps you busy. Uh, that keeps me busy. But one of the things I love doing with them yes. is coaching just their YMCA sports teams. Oh, nice. Good. And um, you know, it's it's one thing. What's been really interesting is you know my youngest now is in third grade. Mm -hmm. But what I find is is that so much of that applies to my job at work. Mm. You know, it's a um, so with third graders, what you got to realize is encouragement is everything. Okay. Right. Yes, you definitely. Want them to love the sport. If they love it, they'll stay with it. Yes. And uh, and there's lots of times when I think, man, if I only let it work the way I <laughs> teach my third grader, right, um, I'd be a much more effective leader. Yes. But I love when that. Um, you know, I I like to work out. Yes. Um, occasionally, you know, it helps me pretend I'm not 
the age that I'm at. Yes. <laughs> uh, and then I like reading. Those, those are probably three big things. Very cool. Well, John, this has been great to have you on the episode today. Thank you so much for taking time out and investing in the leaders that are listening in today. If people want to get in touch with you or with the church, what's the best way for them to do that? Yeah, there, there's two ways they can do that. One mm-hmm. is, is they're welcome to, to just email me here at Watermark. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, my it's just J, the first initial J, C-O-X at watermark.org. Great. Or, you know, uh, I'm just starting uh, with my own website, blog. Great. Great. And they find that at just John S, as in Sam, Cox, uh, com. Great. Well, thanks, John. Really appreciate you being on the show today. We hope you have a great weekend. All right. Thanks so much, Rich. I appreciate your the opportunity. Thank you for tuning in to this week's Unseminary podcast. Don't be shy. We'd love to connect. Check out Unseminary Inbox. You can sign up at unseminary.com and we'll send you helpful training resources every week. Plus, you'll gain immediate access to our exclusive members area with tons of resources you can use. Connect with Rich on Twitter at Rich Birch or through email, rich at unseminary.com. Don't forget to check out the show notes for this episode at unseminary.com. It includes links to what we talked about today and more. Leave a comment. We'd love to hear from you. Did you enjoy today's episode? Drop by iTunes and leave a review. Thanks again for tuning in to this week's Unseminary podcast. Join us next week when we'll learn more stuff we wish they taught in seminary.